Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by my dear friend, Jen Irving. She is the word joy and life form. I am telling you, she is amazing. She uses humor, and I believe that her secret dream is to be a comedian someday which in reality, she already is. She uses humor to speak life and to share Jesus with us in a powerful way. She's transparent, real, and I treasure our friendship immensely. Welcome, Jen, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Wow. I don't know, Kristen. That intro was just so amazing. I don't think I can recover. I'm just a puddle (laughs) of emotions over here. Well, you are amazing, friend, for sure. Jen and I have done a couple of events together, have read each other's books, and we're both at one time in Washington State, but I've moved, so I'm no longer there. But Jen, you are just amazing. Your heart for God is powerful, and your love for people is just amazing. So Jen, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family? Of course. I've been married for, oh goodness, you know, with age, I'm 40 now. I keep losing track of the years. I want to say it's 17. <laughs> so I've been married for 17 years. We have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, both boys, and we are doing that distance learning thing this year. It's been a little crazy, but we're hanging in there. And let's see, I am the Connections Pastor at a church in Marysville, Washington, the Grove Church, and that's tons of fun. So, you know, I oversee all our volunteer base. I do first-time guests, the assimilation process, all that fun stuff, because my heart is always um, networking and connecting people. So tons of fun there. And then, yeah, intertwined with my ministry and what I do at the church, I also have authored two books and I love to talk about joy and anxiety. And yeah, so that's that in a nutshell, I think. (laughs) That's awesome. And you mentioned something that I want to come back to once we kind of get to know your story a little bit more, because I want us to talk about, you talked about the at-home learning and anxiety and joy. And the truth is so many families are struggling with anxiety right now because of the pressure that they're under with work, with at-home education, um, for kids who are really discouraged and ready to be back in school. So I want to come back to that. But first, could you tell us, um, you know, anxiety is something that you've openly discussed in many platforms as an author. Your two books are both about anxiety as a pastor, as a podcaster, and on social media. Could you share with us your personal struggle with anxiety? When did it start? How has it affected your life? 
Okay, so this is quite the story. And actually, my second book is really the one that's really on anxiety. The first one's kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of topics. But I also, in preparing for speaking with you this morning, I realized I don't even think I shared in my book how my anxiety started. And then upon thinking about that, it might be purposeful because it's a bit of a spiritual story. I mean, I'm assuming most of you are based here, they're all faith-based listeners. And so we know that just as God and the Holy Spirit is spiritual and very real, the other side can be very real as well. So not to scare anybody this morning, but let me tell you a quick story about how my fear and the just the grip of fear overran my life. So are you ready? Okay. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so picture little Jennifer, five years old. I share a room with my sister. I'm on the top bunk. I go to sleep and I have a nightmare that I'm having a nightmare. Does that make sense? You following? So mm -hmm. I'm in this nightmare that I had a nightmare. So I continue to dream that when I wake up from my nightmare, I go to my parents' room like little five-year-old girls do. And usually your parents put you right in between the middle of them. Well, for whatever reason, my dad put me on the outside of the bed in this particular dream. And so I'm trying to sleep and then I can't sleep because on his nightstand, a snake appears and I scream. And then I just remember screaming and then I wake up from that nightmare and then from my actual nightmare. So it's real life now. So... I've woken up and I'm just so scared and I feel like, well, I can't go sleep with my parents because that doesn't help. There's no protection for me. There's no safety for me. And then I hear Satan. I'm in real life now lying in my bed, staring at the ceiling, audibly laugh at me as a five-year-old girl. Right then and there, I knew that anything can get me. There is no protection, no safety for five-year-old Jennifer. So from that point, my whole life, I struggled with nightmares and fear. And those of us raised in a Pentecostal type church background, were told, rebuke Satan, say, get away from me in the name of Jesus. But whenever I would try to do that, when I had nightmares or something, I would dream that my voice would go out. <laughs> And so Satan just, he was really playing these mind tricks with me. I battled with this until I was about 18, still trying to go sleep with my mom. And my mom said, Jennifer, one night she just said, you need to go back to your room and face this. You can't do this all the time. And so I went down there, you know, back to my room, just totally scared. And I remember like singing praise songs and worship songs and the peace of the Holy Spirit watched over me. And then the thought came to me, duh, Jennifer. God made the deaf, the mute, the dumb, and the blind. We read this in um, the Old Testament. What makes you think that they have no protection, that they can't cry out the name of Jesus, that they can't say, help me, Lord? There's always a way. You don't have to have a voice. You just have to have a heart bent towards God. And then that's when I broke free from anxiety for the, the darkest part of it. <laughs> So how does that story sit with you, Kristen? <laughs> uh, I'm just, as a counselor, I'm thinking of all these things about, first of all, what you're talking about, the spiritual aspect of how it says in the scripture that Satan comes, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And for all of us, we have different ways that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. And for you, for that little girl at five years old, having that nightmare and believing the lie that nobody can help you just really breaks my heart for you. And then I think about as a counselor, what I would have told you 
as a little girl, you know, or even as an adult, well, invite Jesus into your dream mm-hmm. because often yeah. we don't do that. So individuals that have nightmares, I'll say, okay, when you pray, before you go to sleep, pray and invite Jesus into your dreams. And um, that literally, it may take a few times doing it, but that is a really powerful tool to break the power of nightmares in our life is to invite Jesus into our dreams. And so the situation may come, but then you recognize Jesus is there. Girl, you know, I love a practical tip. Yes. Invite Jesus in before you go to bed. That's genius. I will also say upon having reflected over this issue that I had growing up over all these years. And I still battled with anxiety. Like I still battle with anxiety today and we can get to that in a minute. But what I, I kind of give Satan a little bit of kudos, like he's no dummy. I have always had, you know, when we talk spiritual giftings and inclinations and stuff like that, I'm very sensitive to not only that, you know, the yucky stuff, but the Holy Spirit as well. And I have a strength in that. And so he knew he had to go all out and audibly in the real realm, laugh at me as a five-year-old girl to pr- try to suppress the power of Jesus in me. Wow. <laughs> and, and what spiritual significance of him, yeah. of you feeling you had no voice, because yeah. one of the gifts God has given you is your voice, is how he uses you as a podcaster, as a writer, as a pastor, as a speaker, a minister. And the enemy at a young age was trying to shut you down. Yeah, but it, I mean, now that I've realized what he's done and how it's actually an encouragement to see he had to work that hard and be that audacious, it's really, it's really encouraging. It's like, I feel like it's my little superpower now, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so as part of our Overcoming Anxiety series here on the Fully Restored podcast, tell us briefly about your own Fully Restored story. You took us to when you were 18 in that situation. How did you begin to overcome it? Yeah, sure. So like I said, that was the first big breakthrough through the hardest part of it throughout my life. I learned that I do have a voice. And even when I don't, it's what's in my heart and and God can hear me no matter what. Okay, great. Yeah. So on through life though, I still struggle with all kinds of different fears and anxieties. When I was about 20, I was engaged. We were about a month away. And then I found out that he was dealing drugs and addicted to pornography and all this stuff. And it was kind of a whirlwind for this good, good little church girl. (laughs) For the most part, it crashed my world. I mean, I had to go live with my aunt and uncle in Phoenix. Well, I didn't had to, I chose to, because I had to get away from Washington. Like everybody knew us, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I needed a break. So when I was there, a life principle that I learned that I've carried with me is when I am hurting, when I am scared, when I am being thrown through the whatever, if I focus on others and serve them, a lot of healing comes. And then it takes the focus off of me and what I'm going through. And I, I also see that, you know, it's not all about me. There are other people out there who even have it probably worse than I do. And I can focus on making their life better. And I tell you that really does something for your inner heart and mind work, just putting others first. So definitely serving others is a huge, huge key along with knowing that you do have a voice and God can, you know, overpower and overwhelm your thoughts. That is a huge key to breaking free. And, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking you embody that. That is who you are of serving others and lifting others up. I don't think I know anyone who lifts others up as much as you do, Jen. You're like on that top of the list, the the top five list, if not number one, because 
I am continually seeing you lifting other people up and saying, hey, you know, you've done that with me. You've talked about like, hey, this is a great book. You want to read it. I've seen you do that with person after person after person. And that just really speaks to me about how that started with you and how when we put our focus on other people, how God brings us freedom in our own lives. And just knowing the reason behind it, that is powerful. You just brought my heart so much joy because what you don't know too is yes, I do fight to do that because in my own private life, like if you ask my family, I can be quite selfish as well. (laughs) So it's something I definitely have to fight for. But like you said, it's so worth it. It really is. It's something we all need to fight for just serving others. Even if it's as simple as like when I lived with my aunt, the way I realized it is so her and my uncle worked and there I am, you know, just sitting in their house all day trying to heal. So I would clean the house for them. And then to see her face when she could come home to a freshly cleaned house after working all day, that does something for your spirit. So anyways, yeah, you bless me, my friend. (laughs) Oh, you too. You bless me. So here we are, you're about to get married and then you find out all these things and you go to your aunt's house and you're learning this of focusing on others and that begins that restoration process in you. What happens between then and where you are now? (laughs) Um, Life. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, just life. And so, like I said, I'll never be, not that God can't heal and hasn't healed me or fully restored me, but I will always probably be attacked by anxiety and have to have a constant battle with it until we meet him in the sky. Well, and that's because we know the enemy has the same tactics that he uses with us over and over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing, you know, in addition to just inviting Jesus in and knowing that he knows our thoughts and we can hand our thoughts over to him, in addition to serving others, the other thing I would tell myself, because now at this time in my life, you know, my whole dream was to be married right out of high school and be a mom and all that. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be married. I'm going to be an old maid or whatever. But okay, so here's, so that fear starts to grip me. Well, guess what? Another way to get over the anxiety and the fear is to honestly just imagine the worst case scenario and start from there. (laughs) So, okay, what if I am an old maid with 50 cats? What's so bad about that? Play that, play that scenario out in your head. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, honestly, it's not just because it has like a connotation with it or whatever. I can still serve Jesus. I'm still who he created me to be. You know what I mean? So that is another key whenever anxiety overwhelms me that I, I try to do is I try to think about the worst case scenario and start from there. How bad is it really? Which that is really good. I use an illustration because I'm such a visual person and in counseling with individuals with trauma and anxiety, I use the illustration of Tom and Jerry, the cartoon, and uh, set the scene. Tom is chasing Jerry. Tom is the cat, Tom cat. That took me a while to figure that one out. And Jerry is the mouse. And I remember an episode when I was a kid, my brother loved Tom and Jerry. So I had to watch it all the time. There was a a scene where Jerry ran into another room and there was a light on the floor. And when he went in front of the light, there was a huge shadow that was cast on the wall. And Tom comes running in to chase him and sees this huge shadow and thinks there's a monster after him. And that anxiety and trauma and the things that we face in life are like the big shadow on the wall. 
And much like the Wizard of Oz, the wizard, he's really a man behind a curtain. That's what our anxiety, our fears are. They're really a little mouse standing in front of a light. And that we need to face our fears instead of run from them. And so what you're talking about is thinking about the worst case scenario is you're literally stopping, you're turning and facing them and saying, okay, what if that does happen? Then what? And so you're facing them. So that is a powerful, powerful tool that people can use to face their anxiety. And I always say, you know, dissect it, put it under the magnifying glass, figure out what it is. How did it start? What is it about? You know, just dissect it so that you can break the power that it has over your life. And here God takes you through and you just start doing this. And that's what I would counsel people with. You know, that's that's powerful tool. I love that you say that because I've actually had a few counselors read my book and I, I mean, I'm no counselor, I'm no therapist, no nothing. I just have, you know, wrote the book sharing what's helped me so I can pay it forward. But every counselor that has read my book has said, this is exactly what we tell our clients. So yeah. I, that just warms my heart because it shows you that God really has, you know, the ultimate counselor and therapist really has walked me through this journey. And these things are legit, even though I didn't even know. <laughs> well, and, and God is the giver of wisdom, right? And so God gives counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists wisdom. It's not their wisdom. It's God's wisdom. And so you just bypassed and God said, I'm going to download this wisdom to you because that's who the wisdom comes from. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one other point that you have shared with me of tips that help individuals overcome anxiety. Could you share that last point with us? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have tons of tips, but just for the ones that I meant to share with you today, filling your mind and heart with God's word. I mean, it's so vital. You think about even back in like church history when the church tried to control how we interpret scripture and stuff. So they, they kept Bibles from the public and then just would teach themselves. You know, what if that happened again? What if you didn't have an actual Bible or even the countries that really don't have Bibles? We pass knowledge from word of mouth and we keep these things in our memory so that we have them. And the word of God does not return void. So it's important to memorize scripture, some key ones are like 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. To have that memorized, then when you need it, you can just you know recall that and speak that truth over you. Not only speak it over yourself, but pray it. God, you said you had given me a, a spirit of power and a sound mind. You have not given me the spirit of fear, so I reject it in Jesus' name. And to just say that, that is so important to do to continue to heal yourself from anxiety. Absolutely. And you're praying back God's word to him. And so we know his answer is going to be yes and amen, because yes. we're praying his word right back to him. So let's go back to what you mentioned at the beginning about the anxiety that's in our world right now. And I know I'm throwing this question at you where we didn't talk about it before, but there's anxiety everywhere. There are parents that are overwhelmed. I have so many friends right now that all they can focus on is just their family unit and their work and their relationship with God. And there's not much else that they can do because they are so overwhelmed. Their plates are so full. 
maybe they have kids with behavioral issues, or the kids are just really discouraged because they miss their friends. They miss the routine of life. What are some things that you're observing or learning in this season of being at home and dealing with anxiety? And what's some advice you could give? Sure. So um, confession time, I was feeling a huge dose of imposter syndrome the tail end of the summer when I found out that the school back would not be a hybrid or in-person situation, that it would again be distance learning fully. I went into a tailspin I mean, anxiety totally took over my life because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to quit my job. And those of you who know my story of, you know, being a pastor and stuff, it took a long, long time, even though I was credentialed and stuff to get to be hired as an actual pastor and do that job. And I've only had it for like two years now. So I was seeing everything I worked for wash away because I was being forced to, you know, stay home with my kids while they, you know, and help them distance learn. So I just felt guilty that I wrote this book on anxiety and I'm teaching people how to overcome when this fear just started to grip me of this distance learning. And I was like, I'm going to have to quit my job because my kids are more important, you know, and all the things that were coming with this. But I, I think it was just a couple of days before school started, I repented and I was like, who do I think I am? Like, I, I think I was starting to put my position in ministry as an idol in my life, you know? And I'm like, who do I think I am? If God calls me to it, he's going to make a way, you know? And maybe imagine the worst case scenario. Maybe I do have to quit my job and just help my kids distance learn because yeah, last spring was a total nightmare. I'm sure any parent would agree, but unless you have some angel child, I don't know. But <laughs> I just... For all the parents feeling that way out there who feel like they have to drop everything to help their kids distance learn or just don't know how they're going to do it all, there's a couple of things. First, repent that you even think you're in control of your life because pandemic 2020 has taught us that we have no control over anything in our lives. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So first, repent. And then secondly, know that your family is your greatest calling. If you put them first, and God first, everything else is going to fall into place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. He will make a way. He'll figure it out. You're not in control of your life anyway. (laughs) But for your mental health, talk to the other parents, not for a gripe session, but just to share your fears, because sometimes just hearing them out loud and then hearing somebody else process them that's not in your own head brings a light and a breath of fresh air. And joke a lot because anxiety makes you funny. So use that humor and just bring light to every day. Take it one day at a time. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, those are great words of wisdom there for those that are dealing with something we have never done. Because, you know, even though our world has experienced pandemics in the past, they've never had the access to information like we have now to have it continually in your face. And it's overwhelming. It is very overwhelming. And so I just encourage people, turn off the news, turn it off. (laughs) Turn that news off and focus on Jesus. Have those resources where you're going to look so you know what's going on, so you're educated, but don't let that become an idol either and just worship that news channel and what they have to say. So in our last few minutes here, you've written two books 
and yeah. tell us about those real quick. Oh gosh. Okay. So the first one is just, it's a crazy God story for another podcast, but I wrote it in two weeks and it's a compilation. It came out an argument between me and God because I wasn't being used in ministry how I wanted to and getting speaking engagements and stuff. And he said, well, you should write, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. He said, you've already written one. And I was like, you're dumb, Jesus. You know what you're talking about. And <laughs> he said, yes, I want you to take everything you've written over all your years as a ghost blogger, all these things as a small church women's ministry leader and put them into a book and then put it out there. So bam, I started that day. Two weeks later, it was done. It is just a, a 31 day devotional on anything under the sun. I like to say it's a book about nothing, just like Jerry Seinfeld's show is a show about nothing. <laughs> but that it brings everything that you think of and tries to reconcile it with who Christ is. So that's my first book. Second book came out a year later, year and a half later, and it is on anxiety. And it was just the idea of paying it forward. I wanted to take my fears and stuff and how I've dealt with them and share that. So maybe it would help somebody else. And so that's the gist of it. Um, the first one is called As My Mind Unwinds. And the second one is called When My Mind Winds Up. And I like to do that just to keep people confused. <laughs> It's so funny because if you look at reviews on Amazon, you can tell people are talking about When My Mind Winds Up, the book on anxiety, and they actually put it on the other book. <laughs> so how can our listeners find you in your books? Oh, sure. So my favorite platform for just sharing with everybody is Instagram. So my name is Jen's Mind Unwinds. That's my handle on Instagram. And that's my favorite place to just talk ministry and books and all that. But honestly, put Jen's Mind and Wines in Facebook, anywhere, my website, www.asmymindandwines.com. Yeah, and that's how you'll find me. Well, great. In the last minutes that we have here, could you pray just over our listeners? There are many that are can relate with anxiety, um, some anxiety started as an adult for others. They're like you, that it started as a child. Could you pray for them today? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Lord, I just, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your deep love for us, the purpose that you saw over us from the beginning. And I thank you that you are the healer, the restorer of everything that could plague us, Lord. God, I just offer up to you anxiety that grips the people you love. Lord God, I pray that you would just rip that away from our lives in Jesus' name. Lord God, I pray that we would put your word in our hearts and, and just claim it over our lives and over those that we love that suffer from anxiety. I pray that we would know that Satan can try his hardest, but he's already a failure. And we can just sit back and take in the situation and look at how he's trying to attack us and honestly just laugh because it's all so ridiculous. Lord God, because we know that you reign now, you always have, you always will. And we are your greatest prize and treasure. Lord God, I just... I praise you and I thank you for healing us from anxiety and all things that plague us. I thank you and praise you for the anxiety-free world that we're going to live with you for all eternity someday, Lord God. And I pray that we would point to you as we struggle on this side of heaven, that we continue to point to you even when we fall, even when we 
are gripped with fear, Lord God, that we continue to point back to you. We always pick ourselves up and point back to you because that brings you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful prayer and what powerful words for us just to take to heart some tools that you gave us to focus on serving others, to fill our mind with God's word, to memorize scripture and to pray it back, and then to face our worst case scenarios and then move forward. And I love the humor that you use as you were praying. I was thinking of this scripture. There's a scripture that says, Jesus is in heaven and he laughs, ha ha. (laughs) And so I, at one service, one time, they kind of made that into a song. And so it's one I'll always remember. And I'm thinking, Jesus is in heaven and he's laughing, not laughing at us, but laughing with us in victory over anxiety that is trying to take hold of us. Thank you, Jen, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I would love to stay connected with you as well. So be sure to find me on Instagram or on my Facebook page at author Kristen Klaus on both sites. And again, all of the links and information that Jen gave to us, you're going to find that on my website. I pray that this show has helped you today in recognizing your anxiety, where it came from, and having some tools to face that anxiety and break the power of anxiety in your life. Remember friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.